0: Hello, folks, and welcome to the A to Z Sports Big Orange Podcast. I'm Charlie Burris. That is Zach Reagan. Wherever you listen throughout the world, we thank you so much for listening to us. Zach and I talk everything balls every week here on the Big Orange Podcast. And if that sounds like something that you want to listen to regularly, go over to the A to Z Sports Podcast Network feed on Apple, Spotify, and rate, review, and most importantly, subscribe, because if you do subscribe... You won't miss our episodes when we drop them on Mondays. And speaking of Mondays, it is not one right now like it usually is. It is Tuesday. Going to talk about that in just a second. Uh, But on usually on Mondays at 4 p.m., we uh, go live on the A to Z Sports Nashville YouTube page. And uh, you can tune in live there and comment. Come hang out and very literally uh, be a part of the show. So, go do that and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the notification bell, the like button, and share the show. If you feel so inclined, tell your friends about it. We want as many people watching as we can get. But, uh, at Charlie underscore Burris, at Zach TNT at A to Z Sports. This is A to Z sports.com. Facebook.com slash A to Z Sports. That's all the stuff. I'll start off by saying this. We're recording on Tuesday. Because uh, on Monday, there was just one of the most heinous things I've ever seen uh, occur in Nashville the shooting of those school children uh, and, and some of their teachers, too. Unbelievable. And uh, Zach and I just talked about it, and it just didn't, the whole day was just off. Just so, such a sad, terrible day uh, for Nashville. Obviously, it's a Nashville based company they're working for i mean a whole set of the dudes that work for this company like live within you know a few miles of where that occurred so horrific um so we just called off the show yesterday uh, and thoughts and prayers to everybody involved in that i mean i it's so genuinely unimaginable everything with that i ugh, not gonna go into it but um That is why we're doing the show on Tuesday and and just every good thought and every prayer possible out to everybody uh, around that shooting. My gosh. But uh, with that said, let's (laughs) this show is supposed to I mean, it's frivolous nonsense. This is sports. And so we're just going to try to try to make an escape here from the uh, sometimes extremely dark real world, Zach. But uh, what's up, man?
1: Ah, yeah. It feels kinda of weird being here on a Tuesday, but but yeah, certainly you said it well there. Just a horrific, horrific day yesterday on Monday and just can't can't imagine what those families are going through and really not really anything you can say except uh you you just have them in your thoughts and prayers and just again can't can't even imagine what they're going through. But uh Tennessee was uh, you know, Still back on the practice field today. The, the show must go on in, in the world of sports. It's like yeah. it, it, it never really stops for anything. So they were uh, back out there today.
0: We're going to talk about it all. Um, <laughs> let's let's start here because we haven't had this show, actually. Uh, well, let, let's start here first before I get into anything. This is honestly, I mean, probably uh, the most important thing we can do as far as this show is concerned in itself we got to talk about these sponsors because they keep the show going. Superbook Sports. There's no better place to wager on your favorite sports than Superbook Sports. Go to Superbook.com and download the app today. Superbook Sports. Rattle and snap Tennessee whiskey from Logsdale Distillery. Make your own luck just like Tennessee football's fast-paced rattle and snap offense with rattle and snap Tennessee whiskey. And Omaha Steaks. Get $30 off your order of perfectly aged steaks with promo code BALLS. That is V-O-L-S. Omaha Steaks. Uh, And finally, Farm Bureau Health Plans for better coverage, better rates and better service. Go to FPHB.com slash ATOZ Farm Bureau Health Plans. Got to get that out of the way also. But let's talk about this first. The final four is set. We already we had a show at the end of last week about Tennessee losing in the Sweet 16. We talked about kind of how at this point Rick Barnes is pretty much cemented as the Mark Richt of college basketball. And you can go watch that video. If you'd like to, I think we had a pretty good breakdown of that entire situation. We're going to talk a little bit more about the future of Tennessee basketball today also. But uh, probably the funnest part of that weekend that we haven't gotten to talk about on the show is that uh, Alabama's not in the tournament anymore. And praise be, oh my word, cannot tell you the relief that I felt seeing them get bounced, getting their, their just desserts getting what they truly deserved which was a completely unceremonious embarrassing loss to end the season oh that was satisfying and i just i gotta mention that up top because we haven't got to talk about it yet <laughs> and,
1: and brandon miller was terrible so throughout bad. the entire ncaa tournament i mean he set a record for the lowest field goal percentage uh by a player since uh, like ever i guess in the tournament and it was on a minimum of I think 35 field goal attempts is kind of the cutoff there. And he shot 19.5%, just dreadful. I don't know if it was, he's a good player. Like everything aside, obviously one of the best players in the country kind of thought, okay, this is going to end up being the Brandon Miller show in the tournament. Alabama goes to the final four. It's just the way I kind of saw it playing out just because that's how things go. Right. Especially if you're a Tennessee fan. But, uh, yeah, he was he was pretty bad. I don't know if the pressure of the tournament got to him with some of the attention that was placed on him. Who knows what some of the fans were probably saying uh, towards him in, in some of those arenas. But uh, he definitely did not help Alabama out any. And as we saw all season, as Brandon Miller goes, is how Alabama basketball goes, and that's what happened in the tournament.
0: That was – yeah, not just the loss for Alabama, but seeing Brandon Miller as bad as he was. I mean, just one. I, there, some of the statistics were like historical. Like he was just truly atrocious. Really incredible. I mean, Olivia Kama, I want to say overall, he ended up having a better performance in three games in the tournament than even Brandon Miller did. And uh, Kama
1: didn't really even do much. He didn't show up last in the game. third game. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, but the Duke game, I mean, you do have to, you don't get to the sweet 16 without his performance in the Duke game
0: though. No. Yeah. I mean, he, he was incredible. And as I mentioned, we're going to talk about some stuff that's been written about the basketball team this week. You wrote about it on a to Z sports Zach. Uh, you, I don't think you were the originator of the idea, but some people have thrown out. Oh, Tennessee should replace Rick Barnes with dusty may, With dusty may of Florida Atlantic, of course, making final four. Um we're gonna give our thoughts on that. See if that would actually be uh, something that Tennessee might want to do, or if that's just ridiculous nonsense that we should disregard. Uh, but first, we're gonna to have to talk about spring practice. We are a full week down uh, for Tennessee football spring practice. It's been uh, been fun so far. Uh, been we've all been trying to keep up with it, trying to find out who's been standing out, who's been uh, making their their name in spring practice, which we we always say, you know, take take with the grain of salt, because there's been a lot of guys that make their name in spring practice, but uh, and then turn out to transfer and you know have nothing ends up really happening. But we're gonna talk about all of that in just a second, right after I tell you about our amazing sponsor, Omaha Steaks. And I uh, I didn't get the graphic up here. It is right here. Look at that promo code vols for omaha steaks spring is in the air and that can only mean one thing spring grilling the steak experts at omaha steaks have made it easy to spring into something delicious with their semi-annual sale it starts wednesday february 22nd so make sure you mark your calendar for 50 percent off site wide <laughs> you need to update that uh, grab all your favorites like perfectly aged tender steaks ocean fresh seafood juicy burgers air chilled chicken and decadent desserts plus when you go to omahasteaks.com use promo code vols at checkout you'll get an additional $30 off your order that is a V-O-L-S at checkout it's the perfect way to get fired up for uh fired up and spring into something special don't wait go to omastakes.com use code VALS at checkout take advantage of this deal omastakes is ready to ship your order right away and you're going and you're not going to want to miss this 50% off site-wide sale because it's only for a limited time. So don't miss your chance to save. Visit omahosteaks.com. Use code VALS at checkout and get an additional $30 off when you shop. Minimum order may be required. That's omahosteaks promo code BALLS. Go get you some steaks. They are super tasty. Uh, had them sent right to my door. It's good stuff. And thanks to them uh, for helping out the show and keeping us going. Um, Now back to spring ball. Zach, uh, I'll throw it to you first i think you you've watched more of the press conferences maybe and some things like that than i have you you sort of you're an around the clock just watching everything like a hawk kind of guy for a to z with everything that you write some of your initial uh impressions of this first week of spring practice well i think the the biggest story for me
1: is the depth that everybody's talked about it seems like you know, everyone from Josh Heupel to the assistants is a lot happier with where the depth is, which you would expect in year three. I mean, that this should be the case. It's not like it's a surprise. I mean, this is where you want the team to be, but but just hearing how excited they seem to be about the depth and that's gonna be super important, especially for the defense. I, I've really got the feeling listening to Tim Banks talk and Rodney Gardner, defensive line coach talk that they really want to place an emphasis on being able to get pressure with their, just their front four, you know, their defensive line without having to bring blitzes all the time to generate that pressure, which would obviously take a lot of, you know, pressure off the back end of your, you know, your secondary, which is what struggled last season. And, you know, that's to be expected if you're having to blitz a lot to create pressure. And to do that though, they really have to rotate a lot of guys, especially the way that Tennessee's offense plays defense ends up on the field playing more snaps than maybe in a typical uh, defense where uh, you know they're playing alongside a traditional offense so th- having that depth along the defensive line is really going to be huge and is you know oddly going to help the secondary be better by having all that depth up front so that to me super encouraging to hear. And I really think the offensive line, I mean, we talked about before spring practice started about that being a concern because you lose Darnell Wright, you know, a first round pick, maybe a top 20 pick. I mean, he keeps shooting up draft boards. I saw a mock today with him at, you know, 14 to the Patriots. And then also Jerome Carvin, who is incredibly underrated, was a great leader and just another great, you know, offensive lineman there that was playing guard. Replacing both of those guys is tough, but You've got some continuity with the guys along the the line. You know, everybody else was coming back. You brought in a couple of transfers. Seems like John Campbell from Miami is kind of locked into that left tackle spot, which to me, that's a great sign. If you already know this early in spring practice, that that's probably going to be your left tackle. that means he's probably catching on pretty quick. I mean, very quick if you think about it, especially since he wasn't here, you know, obviously for those bowl practices uh, before the Orange Bowl. He's picked up really quick impressed really quick and they've taken Gerald Mincy and Crawford kind of flipping them from what they did last year at left tackle over to right tackle maybe that's a situation where they take make a big jump going to the right side like Darnell Wright did you know from 2021 to 2022 I'm not saying that's what's going to happen but perhaps that will be the case you got to hope and then you know Andre Carriage the transfer from Texas slotting in at one of those guard positions that Carvin vacated. He's a guy that's got a ton of versatility, so he's got a lot of knowledge. He's played everywhere at Texas. I think he played tackle there. He played some tight end there. I mean, stuff like that, just knowing everybody else's responsibilities is only going to help an offensive lineman do their job better. So I think there's a lot of reason for excitement there. And, I mean, that's where you win games in the SEC is the trenches. So hearing positive things from both of those areas to me is – You know the offense is going to be good. As long as Joe – you know what Joe Milton needs to do, right? You know that he has to be accurate. You know that he can't throw, you know, bullets through receivers 10 yards out. As long as he doesn't do those things, we know the offense is probably going to be pretty good again. Uh, Maybe as good as last year, maybe better. Uh, But it should be in that same range. It's all about the defense, obviously, you know, in the back end holding up, and that all, you know, goes back to the trenches and the offensive and defensive lines.
0: I don't want to over expect anything specifically with that offensive line because yeah, I mean the loss of Darnell Wright was so huge, but I also, I, <laughs> I don't want to say I'm like overly nervous cause I really don't think this is going to happen, but I I'm certainly in the back of my mind, you kind of go like, what if this offensive line breaks down without Darnell, Wright?" Like it's super obvious this coming season that he's gone. And so getting that figured out is it it might be yeah with the defensive line it might be like 1a 1b or or i mean throw throw in in terms of 1b defensive backs linebackers of the defense you can a ton of that is uh pretty wide open and positions of need but um yeah with the offensive line just because the offense was so good and it seemed like right was just so perfect in what what he was called on to do there. He just really filled that role incredibly well and was so good at it. He was a smart kid and, and really hardworking. And so I'm, yeah, that is certainly the thing that probably makes me the most nervous going into the season with a new quarterback and a new right tackle. But yeah, I mean, we we've heard, you know, nothing looks bad there. You don't have glaring deficiencies where you're like, Oh, we're trying to start a kid who's, a walk-on at this position you know there's there's none of that you and, and there was a lot that of that experience. in the past right yes, I mean there was a
1: ton of that under <laughs> Butch under Pruitt it seemed like these guys it felt like under Butch and Pruitt it was constantly shuffling the offensive line which is terrible for continuity obviously you want your offensive line kind of set I mean it helps everything just flow so much better It seemed like it was constantly, okay, we're going to try this guy at guard. We're going to try him at tackle. We're going to move him here, maybe even put him at center. And it was always this revolving door. They weren't able to just practice in, in one place a lot of times. And Pruitt, with his philosophy of he wanted every player to know pretty much like every offensive line position. He wanted DBs to know every DB position, which I do get to some extent because his philosophy was, you know, if, if this guy playing cornerback is also my best safety and this safety goes down, then we can move him here and put another cornerback in there. Like I kind of get what he was at, but it it, it made it difficult to kind of master a position. And it seems like under Hypo, especially with the offensive line, they're really shooting for that continuity. And in this offense, obviously, that's really, really important yeah. because of how fast you move. You don't want a guy going from guard to tackle and then all of a sudden he doesn't remember what his responsibility is and you're not getting to the line and getting set. And then the whole thing breaks down and it's three and out and we know how that can go. It can just spiral from there. So I think it's part philosophy and just part really being really smart on Hypo's end.
0: Absolutely. Well, so, some of the other dudes of names that I've seen just in the reports from Top Insider, 247 Sports, every, everywhere from all the dudes that are there every day. Um, some of the names have been brought up. That this was one, you know, fans were like, "Uh-oh, this is bad for Joe Milton." Arian Carter, freshman linebacker, picked off Joe Milton reportedly in a practice. And is is that amazing for Arian Carter or bad for Joe Milton? I'm going to go much more amazing for Arian Carter. That's a great way to show out. And Joe Milton, I mean color me skeptical of thinking that he'll throw a ton of his interceptions this coming season after he's thrown exactly zero in his time at Tennessee so far. So, uh, I, I, I think that's cool. I, you know, you heard that and that he's kind of stood out and looks like the real deal. Uh, and then other ones, what Cam cam Seldon on the offense, Ethan Davis at, at Ethan Davis at has really been hyped up a lot. Yeah. That's seen some, some of those dudes say that he's a real deal. Um, that, that's all exciting. I, I, it does seem like there hasn't been anybody that's willing to commit to dudes that are DBs being like, Oh, he, he looks, he looks really great. I, that, that might just, I I say that as an interpretation of what they've been saying, I haven't seen anybody go this dude in the defensive back room has been really stood out. At least I personally haven't seen that. Maybe that has been said. Um, I'm not sure. And, and I feel like, that it might not be bad, but you never know when things are omitted like that. Where you go, like, uh, oh, is there still not dudes on that de- that set of defensive backs? Because you know, you're you gave Judy Lollies uh, and some of those other guys that you want to to step up and help you out there. Um, you know, you want to see that. I, I I hope that they fill that in. I just haven't seen it so far in the analysis from those practices. But there there are definitely guys that are standing out so far.
1: Yeah, and and then the secondary, I think part of that also is just some of Tim Banks' philosophy. I think he is a little more, you know, let's just see how this goes and build depth and make people kind of earn those roles. I think Judy Lolly's pretty much been running with the second team so far. I don't think they're going to bring in a transfer on that side of the ball and just put him at the top of the depth chart. And maybe that's just me rationalizing it. Maybe, you know, you hope that it's like the offensive side where somebody like John Campbell comes in and just takes the job. But I don't know if that's really how Tim Baints wants to operate, especially since you you're gonna rotate a little bit more, probably at those positions with, with some of the different defenses you're running out there.
0: Absolutely. Um so from from that, was there anything else with spring practice? Because we gotta move to you're a little time crunch today, not too bad, but um Anything else before we move on to recruiting? Because obviously, spring ball, I mean, they just put on pads on Saturday. Not too much to take away. Yet, we uh, you know, we got to hear from uh, from Nico, Ian Maliava. It was good. He seems really mature and like he's moving along excellently, but not a ton to take away from his actual play on the practice field. You're throwing against there. Uh, only so much you can see there. But was there anything else with practices before we move on to this uh, recruiting piece, Zach?
1: I'm really I'm really interested to see how the running back situation turns out for Tennessee this year because yeah, yeah I think I think you're gonna see Jalen Wright emerge as the number one running back and kind of take that from Jabari Small. Whereas you know, Wright was the more productive running back a, a year ago, but Jabari Small received more carries than him, not a ton more, maybe like 10 or 15 more, but Wright outproduced him, and it was pretty obvious right was the better option. He's more elusive. He proved last season that he can be a physical runner and run through tackles and, you know, break some of those tackles and and, and turn them into big gains. Seems like there's been a lot of talk about him being a leader, a really stepping up, kind of running the drills, uh, just being the, the alpha male in that in that group. It'd be interesting to see if he does take that step and end up going to the top of the depth chart, and then how the rest of it shapes out. You got Dylan Sampson. We all hit his blow- Slides. and season Jabari Small who's still a very productive player scored like 13 rushing touchdowns a year ago you've also got Cam Selden that you mentioned earlier that's been working at running back and I know that Tennessee plans to use him in some creative ways but that's a lot of depth at running back and you got some other freshmen that came in as well that, that probably won't crack that rotation but that position's in really good shape. I just wonder how the playing time shakes out. How do they rotate? You know, is it Jalen Wright getting a drive, Dylan Sampson getting a drive, Jalen Wright's going to be the guy for most of a half. I mean, I, I'm really interested to see how that
0: shakes out. For sure. And it'll just be uh, kind of a matter of time. Get the first scrimmage coming up. On Saturday, I'm not sure if the media will be no
1: media. Privy to down. No media. So no we're so I not think Josh Hypel speaks right after, and that's when the media is allowed in at like twelve thirty on Saturday.
0: It's gonna be one of those situations where uh all of those There's guys eyes. To There's according eyes to my out there yeah yeah according to my my sources Joe Milton looked good or looked somebody hiding
1: or... somebody hiding up in the yeah. upper deck watching with binoculars
0: it's it's a it's a ga that's who's yeah. telling me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we a little little insight behind the curtain there or it's <laughs> so, i mean some of those guys have connections so good that it's like assistant coaches and things that actually don't yeah. that. but um before we, we move on to this recruiting piece, I just want to say to everybody watching, uh, let's see, we got Billy, Danny, Devin, of course, Big Ten Jeff, as always.
1: Oh, Charlie's Jeff. BFF.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Caleb. And Caleb says, thank you guys so much for this type of content, exactly what I want to absorb. Absolutely, we are happy to do it, and thanks for watching. Always, DDC is here too. Top Troop. Everybody, uh, we we appreciate you hanging out and commenting and, and weighing in uh, on on everything and yeah but it's to to your point billy also says uh dylan Sampson has potential for sure completely agree there
1: um he got better in pass protection i think he still needs to get a little better in those situations i mean he had some lapses last season but he's worked really hard at it and improved but yeah he definitely i mean he has the biggest home run potential i think of any of those guys but Jalen wright's pretty I fast agree.
0: too yeah but it's, it's, I think it's going to be Jalen Wright's time. Obviously, we'll, we'll have to see, but it just feels that way to me. Oh, and, and, and Jeff says, I'm still waiting on my time on the show. Yeah, I did, I did lose a bet to Jeff. A little bit of a long story there. But, uh, I am supposed to, to bring him on for five minutes. It wasn't deep enough into the offseason yet, Jeff. I'll, I'll talk to you on Twitter. <laughs>
1: Charlie wants to well, bury it in like the middle of May.
0: Exactly. We're, ju- we're just not far enough in to have, uh, <laughs> to have his nonsense on the show yet.
1: He does ask who's replacing the wide receivers. We could we could discuss that real quick if you want.
0: Who is replacing oh you just like uh Jalen Hyatt and those well and I also Tillman. saw a coming up coming up here that I wanted to mention too. Devin said have y'all mentioned how awful Jalen Hyatt was during his Pro Bowl pressers? I don't know. I watched him and look I like
1: Jalen Hyatt a lot. I didn't I think, see it. Uh I think he just tried to come across a little too confident and a little too serious. He seemed a little uptight where it was almost like chip on his shoulder type deal. Like he feels disrespected because of the talk about his route running and this and that, which I think, you know, look, they're, they're fair questions because he did run a limited route tree at Tennessee. I think we all know that. Uh, But also he, he deserves the chance to to prove that he can, you know, be a good route runner, but he did, his answers did come across a little bit kind of overconfident and just kind of uptight maybe is the right word uh i got that vibe a little bit
0: yeah um i, I didn't see it so I'll, <laughs> I'll leave that to you um but jeff has, says who's replacing the wide receivers i mean billy kind of answers him right there brew mccoy is going to be dude uh thornton is uh yeah, dante uh, thornton yeah dante and and then it it as you already sort of mentioned there it's usually only a three-man rotation if the offense is chugging along correctly they don't do a lot of substitutions there they run a really tight rotation um the real question is like a obviously or a mel keaton he's the biggest question but then also do they work in uh, you know Chaz nimrod and some dudes like that i saw some video of Chaz nimrod today um yeah i'm i'm not sure but they i will put it this way they got the dudes don't worry about it and it's j- they'll be fine
1: yeah jeff uh i think Jalen Hyde's comments came at the combine. His pro day is actually on Thursday of this week is when Tennessee holds their pro day.
0: Yep. It's on the 30th. And we're obviously that'll be talked about next week. We're going to discuss what might happen there. If any, if anything remarkable happens at the pro day, we're definitely going to talk about on the show, but it's coming up on Thursday of this week. So uh, hopefully some guys show out there. Cause I mean, seriously, some money has been made at at some of the pro days I've been to I remember uh, cam Sutton had a really great pro day. That I covered. He got paid back, this dude.
1: all season too.
0: Yeah, he did. Um, and you, I mean, you can make some money there with all the scouts that end up coming. So hopefully that goes well for those dudes. We'll talk about it next week. But uh, we're gonna have a quick discussion of recruiting. It was a big recruiting weekend for Tennessee football. On almost, I mean, when is it? Not one unless it's a dead period. Uh, but we're gonna talk about that in just a second. Right after, I tell you about our friends, Farm Bureau Health Plans. Farm Bureau Health Plans have been helping Tennesseans for over 75 years. Much has changed in Tennessee over the years, but some has stayed the same. Farm Bureau Health Plans has always valued personal relationships, especially when it comes to good health and good service. Plan on Farm Bureau Health Plans for health, dental, and vision. For better coverage, better rates, and better service, go to fbhp.com slash we Or walking to one of their 200-plus locations across the state. That is fbhp.com slash atoz. Farm Bureau Health Plans. Thanks to them for supporting the show. Um, so on the rec- recruiting front, it was a big recruiting weekend, had a bunch of people in actually a, a, a couple of guys that you want to stay committed. That was a really important part of this weekend. And we'll, we'll discuss that. And then a whole set of new guys that you want to get committed. The biggest note out of that, that we can start off with here was, uh, the number one quarterback in the state of Georgia. Jake Mer- Merklinger or merk It's got to be Merklinger, right? It's not yeah, it's got to be. Yeah. Mer- Merklinger. <laughs> sounds a little weird. But uh, Jake Merklinger is four-star kid. Number one quarterback out of the state of Georgia. I looked at his, uh, his info on on three. And Tennessee at the moment, leader in the clubhouse. In- according to on threes, they have that prediction machine thing. It was a 36% chance he chooses Tennessee. Some of the other ones listed were Michigan State, Georgia, Florida, North Carolina. Uh, Some of the stuff I read said North Carolina is probably the main contender there. Uh, But the main thing that happened that I think is notable here is that 247 Sports put in a crystal ball for him to come to Tennessee. And I always say on this show. Those dudes that put those crystal balls in, and this one was Steve Wiltfong at two four seven. He's the lead guy over there for recruiting at two four seven. Those dudes do not put those in unless they have a real good idea uh, of where uh, a guy might be going. Unless it's just super super early in their recruitment, and in th- this one, it's kind of in between. You're not super early, but you're also not you know near the end either. Um, but here, you know, those guys don't want to be wrong. <laughs> the recruiting directors don't want to be wrong, so they they put that in with a lot of consideration and so he gets a crystal ball to Tennessee this is really interesting because you got to think he's looking and going all right well I'm going to be behind Nico for a minute um and so that that's pretty interesting that one of the the top QBs is that interested in Tennessee even with that situation
1: yeah it really is I was kind of surprised by that I don't know how hard George is really going after him and George's quarterback philosophy recruiting at least is kind of odd under Kirby I think they're going more towards uh Just find a guy in the portal and and plug him in, which can obviously work really, really well. I mean, look at all the success that guys have had over the years like Baker Mayfield and Justin Fields and Joe Burrow and the list goes on and on and on. So that's it's not a bad strategy at all. I mean, but it seems like it's between Tennessee, maybe UNC uh, are the two main players there i mean we'll find out on thursday when he commits where he's going but it is kind of shocking that you've got nico obviously like you said Then you've also got nico's younger brother in the 2025 class that tennessee's going after and there's a couple of other guys in that 2025 class that tennessee has high on their list as well so i mean you go get these guys if they stay they stay if they don't they don't there's it's just the world of college football now um uh, big 10 jeff also mentioned before it went away i wanted to reference it he said uh what's with the let me put the comment up here what's with the weird dude who is committed for baseball but just yeah. released the top 12 for football. So i guess she's talking about amari jefferson i assume is who he's talking about that's i think so com- committed to tennessee ball see his football recruitment is blown up so I, if you're going to get a scholarship and play both you have to go football we'll see i mean he's not going to stay th- with that commitment to tennessee baseball obviously but playing football at Tennessee and baseball is an option for him as well as other schools. So we'll just have to see where that recruitment
0: goes. Could he be a, uh, who was the guy at, wasn't it Notre Dame? I was, uh, Jeff Smarja. Am I making oh, that yeah. up? Yeah. You know, that was him. <laughs> Pitch for the Cubs. Yeah. And he was, I think he was a wide receiver. He was a tight end or wide receiver in. tight end. something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, he could, uh, Maury Jefferson could be a, uh, I miss the two-way guys.
1: Play. You know, I remember I remember growing up, Charlie Ward at Florida State played basketball, football, and baseball. Mm-hmm. There, You know, and, and I guess he went pro in basketball and played for the Knicks for a while, I think. I, I miss seeing a lot of those two-way guys like that.
0: Yeah, it, it just is so, I mean, you say even so rare. I don't know that you almost ever see it happen, period. I think uh, there was one at
1: LSU a couple of years ago, an outfielder well, that played on the football team.
0: And uh, at uh, Florida State, uh winston um
1: oh Jameis. yeah Jameis winston was he played
0: baseball also Yeah, you know, so when josh does.
1: dobbs when josh dobbs committed the original plan for him was to play baseball
0: at tennessee yeah yeah i mean just always football ends up getting top billing i mean it's the money maker it's the you know a lot of ultimately a lot of those guys they want to go and play football instead of anything else it's
1: oh, and Tyler murray we're forgetting about him did he Played. well he didn't play in college no but he was yeah you know, he was playing he minor was, league and then
0: yeah. playing football at oklahoma yeah he was drafted uh but re- regardless yeah that that could be cool i would love to see a dual sport athlete like that it just is so rare It just very very it seldom is. actually and happens. it's
1: because ben hall mentions kids don't grow up playing multiple sports anymore like they used to they're specializing at eight i have an 11 year old and i've made sure that that does not happen with him you know plays a lot big in the baseball plays basketball wants to try something else go play football whatever you know play multiple sports find what you like enjoy the experience most of these kids aren't getting scholarship pro any so boy what you like and have a good time with it yeah that was that was always my take
0: i'm not gonna play pro (laughs) so Gonna,
1: if my kid I'm has seen my athletic career, he should probably give
0: up some of those hopes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the spirit. <laughs> yeah. Uh but otherwise, in, in this recruiting weekend, you had Jonathan Eccles, Caleb Beasley, who are committed to Tennessee. They came back into town and you're just trying to keep them around. You know, they're they're big class builders. They're guys that you really need to keep in. Caleb Beasley, obviously a guy for in state who you really want to keep. And then Eckles, I mean, he's just a five star kid obviously you're going to want to keep him around um and so hopefully they made some serious leeway there because uh, specifically with Eccles, i mean you're you're facing down alabama georgia ohio state i, I mean it, who doesn't want a kid like that on their team and so you got to keep them locked down and if you can it's it gets you started down that road of of another top 10 class and hopefully they can do that uh but I would put it this way. It'd be great to hang on to them, but losing them is where would be more of the story here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, hopefully that doesn't happen. And hopefully they, they made some headway there this weekend. We'll, we'll see. Kids are so temperamental as far as that goes, but that, that was another story that came out of that weekend. Otherwise it was a lot of uh, other just young guys in town. I watched a couple of the interviews, very complimentary of everything. It, it seems like kids come and have a really great experience with Josh Heifel. They got to watch practice. Um, and, and so that's good. And hopefully, uh, I mean, this football season is going to be so huge in terms of getting these kids to Tennessee. If, if you're going to get another top 10, maybe top five class, that's the honest to God truth. You got to have another big season this year, but it, as, as far as it goes right now, it seems like things are going well, uh, so far this off season. Yeah. What, what do you, Uh, You
1: you made that comment about practice and just made me think about some, I saw a lot of those comments about Tennessee's practices from the recruits and talking about how high energy it was, how positive it was, how it was still demanding, but the vibe was just, you know, kind of fun. Like everybody was out there with a purpose, really enjoying themselves. And then you hear about Kirby smarts practices at Georgia, where they're just these just brutal sessions that are harder than games. And, Obviously, that works for Georgia. I mean, what Tennessee does works, too. I mean, you go win 11 games. No, they didn't beat Georgia. If any Georgia fans are in here, I get that. We all know they lost to Georgia. But they won 11 games. They beat Alabama. They beat LSU. They beat Clemson. They had a really good season. They finished number six. Like, that's – you're not going to make the playoff. That's about as good as it can get. And then, obviously, what Georgia does works really well, too. I mean, back-to-back championships, and kids go to those practices, and they commit. Some I mean, is it like two different – styles of kids that you're recruiting because if georgia and tennessee is both going after the same kid and they're 50 50 i just wonder what's the feeling there do you want to go to this environment that, like josh hypo has or or what kirby smart has here
0: i have wondered with kirby because it seems like his culture and, we, and we've heard the audio
1: so we know it's yeah legit
0: he's a psycho <laughs> uh, and i have certainly wondered if his culture it just probably butts heads with the way that a lot of these kids are now. Right. Cause you see so many of them and they're this just like, follow me on social media. I'm trying to be the dude, all of this stuff. And if you go with Kirby smart with Nick Saban, they're going to go and they're going to break you in half. That's what their goal is going to be. I have to feel like a But they lot still of those, get the jaws. They're still getting the jobs. They jazz, do. Though. I don't know. Cause that that's a great question that's a really great question because yeah you would go to a practice and be like man look at this culture this is awesome these dudes love each other this this is it's not easy and kind or anything like that i mean you know on this coaching staff and he'll rip your head off but and it's not like
1: it's a this is fun they went five and seven they went six and six like (laughs) it's fun they went 11 and two you know like it's not like
0: you, you saw, uh, I think it was Addison Nichols today. He was, he was doing an interview and I just saw a quote from him on, on Twitter and he was just talking about Joe Milton. And it was just like, Oh, Joe's such a great leader and all these things. It's that, you know, where, where you have dudes complimenting each other and, and they just act like they, they, they act like they're all in the same team. They really like each other and that they're having, it's this, this bonding culture instead of this tyrannical culture. Um, and so I, I really do wonder if that would be interesting to ask like some of these kids that have, that have graduated mm-hmm. from Kirby now, now that he's been there long enough to have an entire or Somebody like of dudes, somebody like Cade Mays that played for both. Yeah. I, I would be fascinated to hear what he has to say uh, about Kirby compared to Hypel. Cause yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's absolute tyrant com- compared to a dude that, that wants, to, I don't even know what the right word would be to kind of wrap it up in one word, but I think people know what we mean when it's just like more uh not fr- it's not friendlier that's not the right word like a like well I think fun, Kirby Smart fun is, I, I think <laughs> I, I think
1: I think Kirby Smart does what Jeremy Pruitt tried to do and Pruitt just couldn't do it because for whatever reason Kirby's better at being that CEO type coach he might be a psycho but he can do that stuff whereas Pruitt was just so all over the place and Really had no control of, didn't get along with assistance and just didn't really know how to run a program. It just, it didn't work. So it was just negative and chaos. Whereas with Kirby, I don't know, maybe they see the, you see 15 and 0 and you're willing to go, go do, put yourself through whatever.
0: Yeah. Just put up with it to win a national championship. Maybe, obviously. I I think that's what it became with Saban Uh, just over time. They were like, okay, this is going to probably suck. He's going to steamroll us, but we're going to win a national title before I leave this school. So, yeah, who knows? But regardless, the the recruits got to see them this weekend. A lot of kids were very complimentary of of what happened, and hopefully, it all ends up with Tennessee getting an even more elite recruiting class. Because so far, it seems like it's shaping up that way. Um, and you you can build on. We've already talked about kind of the Nico effect, where you're getting some guys that come and they go. They get asked like, "Oh, is is Nico?" being here does that make you want to come to Tennessee obviously this is like wide receivers running backs and across the board they're like absolutely I want to play with a guy like that it looks like the future is super bright here and so um just keep going down that road I think Tennessee will be all right but uh anything else with recruiting before we talk about uh, some of this basketball stuff Zach
1: no I think that should pretty much wrap up the recruiting aspect of everything
0: and yeah I, I think I so
1: basketball conversation
0: uh, <laughs> this is gonna be an interesting one yes. uh before we get into it, because I really it,
1: don't know your thoughts on it. So that'll
0: I, be fun. Yeah. I, I'm not sure I know my thoughts on it. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna flesh it out here. Uh, but somebody wrote an article uh, about how Tennessee should replace Rick Barnes with Dusty May at FAU. And we're gonna discuss that right after I tell you about Rattle and Snap Tennessee whiskey. Nothing goes better with a Tennessee sports victory than a great glass of whiskey, and more specifically, a great glass. Of Rattle and Snap Tennessee select straight whiskey. It is right here behind me. Let me grab it. still Distillery has released a new Tennessee whiskey product line called Rattle and Snap Tennessee whiskey, named after a long forgotten game of chance. Rattle and Snap is a whiskey for those who make their own luck. There is a four year and an eight year version of Rattle and Snap. This is the four year. Uh, you can take a look at that beautiful bottle. Uh, you can make uh, amazing whiskey cocktails. It's also great for drinking straight. Uh, I demolished the bottle of eight year. It is a beautiful bottle of whiskey. And you should get your hands on either of them. But rattle and snap uh, can be found across the state of Tennessee. And then also Kentucky, Indiana, and Mississippi. So run and don't walk to get yourself some rattle and snap whiskey for that next Tennessee sports victory. I was hoping to crack open a rattle and snap after Tennessee made the final four. But instead, I cracked open a rattle and snap because Tennessee didn't make the final four. (laughs) Uh, but then, then Alabama lost, and I cracked it open because Alabama lost. So, you know, everything comes out in the wash there. Uh, but thank you to Rattle and Snap. They're totally awesome. We're supposed to have the Rattle and Snap Tennessee stat. And I guess there's not necessarily one as far as this conversation goes. But the the stat could just be that the Florida Atlantic Owls made the Final Four. And, well, here here's the stat. This is the second time. That Tennessee has run into one of these freaking Cinderella teams that has this magical run that nobody expected, and oh my gosh, Sister Jean and Loyola—they go to the Final Four. Tennessee still never been to one. Oh, here comes Florida Atlantic—they never been to one, and they make it before Tennessee ever does, and they beat and both of those teams beat Tennessee on the way there. Makes me ill. Um, but at this point, I would say not necessarily surprising. To get into this conversation that we're going to have here, uh, you know, this just solidified in in some people's minds. It just solidified even further that Rick Barnes will never meet your expectations for or exceed your expectations. I'll put it that way. he'll never exceed your expectations for March. I think this season he he met the expectations that I had. I said this team could beat Duke. They could. But I don't think they're they're gonna make it past the Sweet 16. Now I thought I thought they would lose to Purdue, not Florida Atlantic. <laughs> so Duke win, great. Florida Atlantic loss, bad. Um, and in light of that, this was at Outkick.com. I don't remember who wrote it. I don't have it in front of me. Uh, but somebody over there wrote that Tennessee should replace Rick Barnes. By Rick Barnes and replace him with Dusty May at Florida Atlantic. And specifically, you have the connection there. Danny White's brother. Where, where are the Whites not athletic administrators? It's like uh, his, his dad was the AD at Duke. His brother's the AD at Florida Atlantic. His other brother's the f- college basketball coach at Georgia. They're all over the place. But his brother's the AD at Florida Atlantic. And the, the guy at Outkick wrote, that uh because of that connection he should just go hey bro why don't you send your boy up here to Tennessee if you, you put in a good word for me and and we'll we'll make this transaction happen and Tennessee gets a new basketball coach that can maybe take them to the to the promised land although it's you first Zach I obviously have plenty of thoughts on this but when you read this what did you think initially yeah well I
1: actually had saw the talk and I didn't see that article. And then I I wrote something myself about the whole situation. I don't think they should fire Rick Barnes to hire Dusty May. I don't think they should fire Rick Barnes at all. Uh, And we've, we've, we've went over that discussion. I mean, that's pretty much is what it is. No, no point in rehashing all that. Kind of what I wrote is like Danny White's in a situation where, Dusty May does seem like he'd be kind of the perfect fit for Tennessee because his teams play tough, but they also score points at a you know higher clip than Tennessee. I think you mentioned that they kind of ran an offense similar to Missouri's, so it's a little more exciting. It's, it's a little it's it's more exciting than what Tennessee currently runs, certainly. And you've got that connection at Florida Atlantic. Also, you know, his his brother that's at Georgia now when he was at Florida, Dusty May was an assistant under, you know, Mike White then there at Florida. So, it's also that connection. He's taken this team, you know, he's been there for several years, kind of slowly built it up. This was actually the first year they've made the NCAA tournament. So, I think after what, what five, six years, five, six years that he had been there.
0: Yeah, something like that.
1: So that, I mean, to me, that is a little concerning because it's like, okay, you haven't really been doing this a lot. It's just, just lightning in a bottle. And I even said, I think last week on this show that I'm usually, I'm hesitant to, to say that you should hire a coach based off a tournament run. So I'm kind of going against my own, you know, suggestion there. But you go 35 and three, you know, up until this point, you make this final four run, knock off some really good teams. You know, Kansas State, I did not think that they would beat them at all. Uh, that was surprising to me this guy's going to get a job this offseason somewhere. Somewhere, I mean, I think Texas Tech has an opening still. I think California. I don't know where he's going to end up, but somebody will hire him based off this run, even if they lose in the Final Four. And if you're Danny White, you're thinking, well, Rick Barnes is almost 70. If he were to retire this offseason, which nobody thinks is going to happen, then you have this perfect option here to just slide right in where he wants to coach a team that plays tough, but it's also something different offensively. We've kind of talked about how you come in and kind of flip some things, and that's how you can really get some kids to buy into a new culture. It seems like a perfect opportunity, but I don't think it's going to be there uh, for Tennessee. I just I don't think Red Barnes is going to retire, and there's no way that that he's getting fired.
0: Completely agree. I mean, guess I'll give you my my baseline here. The only way that I would want. Danny to make such an aggressive move. If if it is if it was a clear upgrade, which to me in this case, uh would be, I already said this last week, it would be Kelvin Sampson at Houston. I mean, the guy already made a final four. He's had great teams. He made a final four at Oklahoma. He hasn't won a national title, but how many guys have? Um, and so, like to me, that would be like, okay, you are replacing a guy with a literal better track record than Rick Barnes period okay i you could do that and i would be like Oof, that's aggressive wowie i didn't see that coming but it's probably a good move okay so that's the one where i would go fine i i love the aggression let's try to get better we're doing dusty may i mean so i'm he looking does at the need guys to do
1: it another year like i think <laughs> yeah <laughs> for a exactly. power five Program to feel really, really comfortable hiring him. I think you need to see this one more time, at least like a you go Final Four and then next year maybe even if it's just like a Sweet Sixteen, you're like, okay, he's he can play with these guys, you know. give him some yeah. talent, he can make something happen. I think it would be a bit of a risk at this point, but do you believe in what you saw this year and what you've seen in the tournament or what we've seen in the tournament? I don't think many of us probably watched any FAU basketball throughout the year, so I'm not no. really gonna you know talk about that, but. Yeah, do you believe in what you've seen? That would be the the whole point of this.
0: I mean, his his best year before this one was last year, nineteen and fifteen. They they were second in their division in the CUSA. They made it. They lost in the first round of the CBI. The not even in the NIT tournament. Um, And so, I mean, yeah, he's had one magical year. And you you look at the guys that have kind of been like that, Porter Wagner from Loyola really done nothing uh the guy from florida gulf coast really done nothing he's a usc they did make the tournament this year but it's not like he's gone on taking usc to a final four all this stuff the guys who really succeed are like you know mick cronin at at ucla came from cincinnati had an incredible track record cincinnati went to ucla made a final four like it's that that's where your sure things come in here this is i mean one season i love the way this guy coaches let me be clear. I love the way Dusty may coaches. Seriously. That that inbounds play where he runs it like they're wide receivers and they're coming mm-hmm. where they set up across the baseline and run it. Genius. Absolute genius. Um, but I you just you couldn't justify that to me. I would be very skeptical. Like I would be like, whoa, this is a little everybody, everybody even knows me as like the fire everybody guy. And I, I'm not a fire Rick Barnes guy. Uh, I think he's going to retire at Tennessee, but I, I still, I just think like that would just be, it's just not smart. He just doesn't have that track record. Yes. You have one final four is great, but Rick Barnes has a final four in his history. I mean, come on, like the guy has done it before, at least that much. Now, if FAU goes and wins a national title, maybe it's a different conversation because that's a pretty giant feat. But like, dude, that would be a big leap. Yes, this guy is like technically sort in the the Danny White network or whatever you want to call it there because his brother's the guy's AD. But I just that would be a little much for me. I I would say if they did it, I would go, whoa, that's crazy, and I would be skeptical. It would kind of honestly it would have my, my surprise would be totally different. Like I would be like, well, I can't believe they did that, but I think I would have a similar feeling to Josh Heupel. Like I would kind of be like, yeah, this guy might be running a gimmick a little bit. I It's not, not in the same way. Cause it doesn't really translate one-to-one with football, but I would kind of be like, eh, he seems pretty good, but we'll see. Like, I think I would have that kind of feeling if they actually pulled the trigger like that. And with that said, in no way do I think this is going to happen. This is no. not happening. This is total fantasy land. Um, Jeff says, "Mick Crona was at Xavier. Is that right?"
1: Yeah, I, I think so. Because uh, wasn't Huggins was at Cincinnati forever, and then oh yeah, I, I think he was replaying Yeah,
0: no, 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 Big Ten Jeff, I was right. It's Cincinnati. He, was, he was in Cincinnati from 2006 to 2019. So did he Don't take over for? you correct me on my own show.
1: Did he take over for Hudgens? Is that?
0: No, at uh, at Cincy, it was the guy that went to Louisville, uh, the bald guy that got fired. Um, oh, Chris yeah. Uh, yeah. I can't think. Uh, but that was the guy that was at Xavier before, and then at Xavier now it's uh, it's Sean um,
1: Miller. Sean Miller,
0: yeah, um, from Arizona, but. Yeah, I mean, that just would be that's just way too much of a leap, a leap of faith, I guess you could call it, where you would just be going, This guy has had one amazing season. Come lead a program that has some of the best resources in America. Like, yeah, Tennessee hasn't been to a Final Four or whatever, but we have more money, more fans, more overall resources than any of these, like Big East, any of these, almost any of the ACC programs, too. You have more resources and more fans than almost any of them. Outside of just the absolute blue bloods like UNC, like, I mean, you would just be going here, take over to a dude that's had a a single good season. That's nonsensical to me.
1: Does, uh, would his resume make you feel any different about the fact that it's not like he's, like, he's been a head coach for six years, but he'd been an assistant for 15 years or almost before he took that job? He had been under Bobby Knight a little bit at Indiana. He is an Indiana guy too. So there would always be that. You know, aspect of things as well. Anytime that job comes open, but it's it's not like he just came out of nowhere necessarily. Like he's been grinding away for
0: quite some time in college basketball,
1: so he's I seen a I w- lot.
0: I just don't think I would have. I mean, I could dig into him further that entire history, but I just think I would still have that same feeling of just like hey, he's been pretty good. We'll see. We'll see where if you hired again. I, I go back like if you had that super aggressive move and when hired Kelvin Sampson, I'd be like, whoa. Now this is a great move. This is a guy who's you know been there, done that, made a Final Four two years ago, and almost made a Final Four this season. And you know that that's one thing. And this, just with me, I don't think I would get past that until I saw the evidence. I don't think I would get past that stage of just being like, yeah, yeah, we'll see how he does if he
1: can really do it. You think we're making too much out of the Danny White connection too? Because I don't. When I was looking back at some of the hires he's made, a lot of them. Were guys that didn't necessarily have these connections to him. I mean, yeah. Josh Hypo is the one that we point to, but I'd like Lance Leopold. At, when he hired him at, I guess Buffalo, he didn't have a connection. I don't think Nate Oates had a connection to him. So
0: Nate Oates was just an assistant on that basketball team.
1: Okay. And, yeah. So it doesn't seem like there's a lot of, it doesn't seem like that's a prerequisite for Danny white at all. So I, I wonder if we're making a little too much of that.
0: Yeah, maybe I honestly, who knows? and, like, would he, would he want to even do that to his brother? Like, take his coach? I don't I don't know what the family dynamic is there. I would assume they get along. They seem like a good family, but uh, yeah, I, I think that's, that's a good that's, point. Yeah, Jeff, Jeff brings up Doug McDermott at Creighton. Oh, I love Doug McDermott. I love, but I I think he's like a died in the wool Creighton guy. Didn't he like go go there? I'm it's like. Sure really in the weeds with college basketball yeah that's what
1: well that's like when mike gundy you know every time he came up for the tennessee job i just i never saw him leaving oklahoma state i mean he's an oklahoma state guy played football there he's from the area he was never gonna leave you know oklahoma state for tennessee or or one of these other jobs and i do think sometimes people think they can pull these guys i mean it has happened we have seen it happen a few times but Uh, typically it's,
0: it's hard to get a guy away well, first off, it was Greg McDermott, not Doug. Doug's his kid, uh, who played at Creighton for all that time. Uh, oh, yeah.
1: I've, yeah. I've
0: yeah. But he, he's actually North, Northern Iowa and he coached in Northern Iowa and then Iowa hmm. State and then Creighton. Hmm, interesting. Anywho, uh, that's getting off the reservation a little bit there. The only other thing that I want to talk about was just like these seniors leaving potentially and sort of the future for Tennessee th- basketball. Um, would I'll ask you this, Zach? Would you even want any of these seniors back at Tennessee? Because I'm I'm torn on it. I there are certain ones I want back.
1: I'd want Vescovy
0: back. Yeah, that's it. Absolute no brainer. I would beg Santiago Vesco to if, stay at Tennessee.
1: If I knew that Josiah Jordan James was going to be 100 percent for the whole season, I would say yes. But I yeah. you can't count on that, and I think that throws the dynamic off so much where you don't know who's going to be playing. Each week, exactly. each game, and and that's tough to manage. If you're Rick Barnes and the basketball staff, it's really hard to manage because he he's so important when he's out there. But you can't count on him, and then other guys on the team they don't really know what their role is going to be. So, I don't know if that would be the best idea, but but V for sure.
0: I would I would say keep vescovy if you at all can i think he's gonna leave i think he's gonna go play overseas ball i mean he's just like the perfect overseas basketball guy i think yeah he he's be, not an nba guy no but he would be good on a overseas team i think and so he he could go do that but man you just set him up with an nil deal or something and get him to come back and then hit the transfer portal that's what i would do let everybody else go hit that transfer portal and see what you can pull in and i mean what I would like to see is Rick subvert expectations. The ones that we talked about last week, where he really has adamantly like recruited to a culture rather than recruiting the best guys. He's recruited a, a, a Tyree key instead of a Mac McClung or something like that. That, that wasn't what happened. That, you know, that's two different years. He didn't yeah. do that, but I'm just saying he passed up on Matt McClung in the past. And then Tyree key this season was a transfer. I want him just go and get the best guy let these seniors go bring in transfers. Cause I mean, some of these teams that are in the final four, Miami, one of the best players transfer. I mean, the, it can just make such a massive, massive difference. And in basketball, the, the turnover is it, it affects your team so much more because it's such a smaller rotation, way less players. So you can flip a team in one off season with transfers recruits got a pretty decent recruiting class coming in you got the Deleone in the wings you got uh you got Jefferson in the wings if he doesn't transfer uh BJ Edwards in the wings if he doesn't transfer or whatever might be happening there just let let those seniors go and, and let's hit the transfer portal that would be my prescription but you know it's not gonna happen though right no I it, it, like I think it would it's gonna require be...
1: it would require it would require Rick Barnes completely changing a lot of his philosophies and that's just not it's just not going to happen. And he's, I mean, he's almost 69 years old. Of course it's not going to happen, but he's going to recruit to that culture because that's the style of basketball he plays. And he's not going to bring a guy in that won't play defense. Like that is not, it's just not going to happen. And a lot of those high profile names, it, I mean, that's what you're going to get, or that's what you think you're going to get. And you think it's going to be a problem. And I just, I don't see that happening.
0: I don't either, but it is what I would do. It, it just would be the smartest thing. Just be be shameless. Rick's a good guy. He doesn't want certain players because of how they would interact with his team and mess up the dynamic in these things or might act up off the court or whatever it might be. Just go get the best guy. Please. Please. But yeah. It's somebody that
1: can create it. their own shot and score. I mean, that's yes. just, just fine. Uh, I mean...
0: I mean, you got Sakai coming back. You're gonna have the best point guard in the SEC next season if he if he can get back, be hundred percent healthy, and be the be that same guy again.
1: That's gonna be I mean, what he tours ACL in February. It's gonna be close. That's gonna be really close. You yeah. know, you start playing November. I would I would be I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't start playing until conference play.
0: Yeah, I actually I would bet money that he's not gonna play a lot until conference play. He might be like Josiah this season and and they take it really easy through those initial snoozer games. Um uh, well, we'll see what exactly Rick does, and if he does get transfer players, we'll talk about them here. But we'll finish with this, Zach. I know you you got to go here in a minute, but uh, we'll finish with a little baseball talk. Back on the horse, baby. They went and they swept Texas A and M, but uh, we'll talk about that right after I tell you about Superbook Sports Make Twenty Twenty Three. The year you beat Vegas, Superbook Sports gives you the chance every week to go head-to-head with the best odds makers in Las Vegas. No fancy computer algorithms, no guys across the pond setting lines for American sports, just the best team of odds makers in the business behind the counter at the Superbook in Las Vegas. Plus, Superbook features some of the best odds boosts and promo bets you will find anywhere. So download the Superbook Sports app right now or visit Superbook.com and start your battle against Vegas. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-889-978. Nine. That is Superbook Sports. Another one of our great partners. Thanks to them. With baseball, they turned it around after getting swept by Missouri in embarrassing fashion. They went and they not only swept Texas A and M, and in two of those, they were pretty convincing wins where they had big leads and you know really, really did it well. Uh, but that middle game was to me. Such a good sign because they got a lead. Then they lost it and they got behind and they powered back. They gritted through it. They came back and they won on a walk off. And that was such a relief to see this team power through that and get a come from behind win like that with a walk off because it just seemed like they had ha- they've had a block on them. And finally, that that lifted a little bit and that that was really nice to nice to see
1: yeah maybe that i mean you know how baseball is it's it's just like when you go through a hitting slump and nothing's going your way and you get a little c and I single to go through the infield and all of a sudden it kind of breaks you out of it gives you some confidence and you're, you're kind of back in the groove maybe that's what they needed they needed one of those games because they had so many of those games last season uh various times where you saw them get down and they got into the ninth inning and you still felt pretty confident they could be down by two runs and you're like they'll they'll be okay they'll find a way and usually they did and it was kind of reminded me a lot of last year's team and and also just the the weather that game was wild the wind one of the wildest triples i think i've ever seen when we thought the ball was way over the fence and it lands 40 feet from the fence but so yeah certainly certainly a good sign maybe that's what gets them back on track and kind of finally gets this team with the chemistry and everything the way it needs to be Yeah. I think they're scoreless right now, actually playing UNC Asheville in the second innings. Hopefully they can pick things up a little
0: bit this afternoon, but they should cruise in that game without any Never issues. mind the whole inning without scoring against UNC Asheville. <laughs> season is over. It's over. Uh, no, I, I, I really like uh, this team when they get going. It's, it is there. It, it feels, well, it feels better than the basketball team. I don't think they're as inconsistent, but, uh, it does feel kind of similar to the basketball team because when you see the flashes, you're like, "Whoa, this team's good they 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 got some they got some zhuzh, yeah whatever oh, you yeah. want to call it." Uh, but things can go flying off the rails for them too, like it did against Missouri. Maybe it was just the weather, the wind, or whatever might have been going on there. But I I will say, even still, with this weekend, the pitching has been disappointing so far. Yeah, Nolander
1: still wasn't the uh, the ace that he's supposed to be. Yeah.
0: The the best pitching of the entire weekend was kind of the middle of the game with Burns in that second game, uh, was just absolutely locked down, and then the wheels came off. But uh, so all these guys they can still do it. Obviously, they just gotta gotta go out and specifically stop with the bad starts. It yeah. was all well, three field, games. Fielding
1: still needs to be a little better too. We saw some still saw a few misplays. Yeah, there's still some things there need to tighten up, especially before you get to you know, May and June and when it really counts. But, hey, look at, I think we mentioned it last week or the week before, look at Ole Miss last season. I mean, they had a losing record in conference play. I think they were 14 and 16. They're national champs. Yeah. So, you just got to get by and turn it on when it's time to turn it on.
0: Here's kind of this the long and the short of this coming weekend against LSU. Mm. If they get swept, not good. Uh, but it is going to be at LSU. And you almost go if sword is what it is, they're really good. If they win one game, I would say that's what I'm expecting. then he's gonna yeah. win one out of three there. Uh, if they can win that series,
1: that's huge. oh massive yeah,
0: that's probably the biggest thing they could do this entire season. I Losing. think this
1: series will tell us a lot about this team because this is gonna yes. be the brightest lights that they've seen really since that opening series, you know out west and and that was some pretty good crowds out there. But at LSU, you know, top team in the country, the reputation that just LSU has in general as a baseball program. Knowing where you're at as a team right now, that you've had some struggles, but you've kind of picked yourself off the mat. You swept a good Texas A&M team. We're gonna learn a lot about how they respond this weekend. Are they up to the challenge? When you know, are you gonna play up to your competition type deal? Uh, that this is gonna be probably the most intriguing series of the year.
0: Absolutely. I'm I'm on pins and needles about it. Cause man, if they win that series, that's gonna be huge, huge, huge. And and obviously it will show exactly if you can go on the road and beat that team twice. I mean, that shows you can beat anybody. The the chance the chance for Tennessee to maybe finally grab a national title in baseball is here yet again. Uh obviously it's been there for the last two seasons and they've come up short. But I what think mean, it would pretty yeah. much prove that this team has what it takes to to do that this season,
1: and and I think if you if you go win one game and the other two games aren't blowouts, they're just close baseball losses, like a five three, five four, four three, something like that. You know you're right there where you need to be pretty much, and it just didn't hits just didn't fall your way that afternoon. I mean that does happen, but you go and get blown out in three straight games, and yeah, that's that's kind of concerning.
0: Yeah, let's not do that. <laughs> let's keep that to a minimum. um All right, well let oh we can we can finish with this the softball team. Stuck it to Alabama, won their series against Alabama over the weekend. The softball team now, I so just pulled it up, 26-2. and They, in the SEC so far, uh, 8-1. Their only loss in the SEC was a 4-2 loss to Alabama, where they just couldn't get the bats going. But then in the other two games, 5-1, 7-5 wins. They're cooking. And that's pretty fun. I mean, they look re- really, really good. The pitching is really good. And this weekend, I mean, Alabama is one, one of the better teams in America. Uh, they're, I don't think they're as like, elite as they have been in past years. But, uh, yeah, they're pretty good. And you won the series against them. And that's exciting, too. So, watch out for that softball team. I, I watched a couple of the games this weekend. Really exciting. Really talented team. So, maybe, maybe finally the weeklies can get theirs this season. Everybody... They, they've been so close they've made it to the college world series finals and just haven't been able to win so maybe this is the year for them
1: uh, everything seems to be you know on the right path at tennessee these days so you never know
0: what sport isn't doing decently well right now at tennessee uh i'm charlie burris that is zach reagan thank you so much for watching the show thanks to everybody who uh who tuned in and uh they they love to consume this nonsense that we put out. Um at Charlie underscore Burrs, that's act at A disease Sports. Follow us everywhere, hit the like button, hit the notification bell, do all the stuff. I mean, you made it this far. I think you know what to do. Thank you, thank you, thank you for watching. Um, obviously thinking about everybody in Nashville, my goodness, like unimaginable. But uh That is all. We'll probably have a midweek segment. We'll have to see how it works out. But uh, other than that, hopefully we'll talk to you all a little later this week.
1: See you guys later.